Alex Ovechkin doesn't like to fight, but he will if he has to. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. Also, if you would like to submit your questions or text me one-on-one about Capitals Hockey, we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com and now new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition, of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Rasmus Sandin and how he's poised for a big season. What do we remember about Rasmus Sandin was at the trade deadline last season that the Capitals sent Garnet Hathaway. They sent Dmitry Orlov out to Boston. We got a first-round pick. We flipped that from Toronto, and we got Rasmus Sandin. There were, before that, a lot of questions about the Capitals' blue line, and Rasmus Sandin figures to be the number one defenseman for the Capitals. Uh, One John Carlson hangs up the skates at one point, and he is looking for a big season. We'll talk about Rasmus. A little bit later, we will talk about Vinny Iorio and how he helped the Hershey Bears win a Calder Cup, but something went wrong, and uh, he missed his day with the Calder Cup. We'll talk about that, but just to get it going here, We'll talk about Alex Ovechkin, a big, intimidating guy. Make no mistake about it. I saw him at MedStar Ice Complex years ago. And, you know, you can kind of respect how big he is on television. You're like, yeah, he looks like he's a pretty big guy, but I'm sure that's just the TV making him look a lot bigger than he was. Well, it was me and my wife. We were standing out at what was the time called Kettler Ice Complex, and he came walking to his car, a huge, intimidating guy, I don't know anyone that would want to fight this guy. He's a huge, a huge dude. But uh, I think a lot of people think that the reputation out there is that Alex Ovechkin relishes the fact of fighting. But if we actually honestly look back on it, his last major skirmish, his last fight was with Shvechnikov in 2019. So, you know, just even though he is this big bulking guy, he is not a guy that likes to show it off. He does not have some of the characteristics of Tom Wilson. You know, Tom Wilson, when he first came into the league, all you'd have to do is make the movement for your gloves and he'd he'd be ready to fight. Uh, But that is not the case. And Alex Ovechkin talks about that. He said that that is the biggest difference that he's seen in Russian hockey and American hockey is that when you train over in Russia, you work on on your skating, you work on stick handling and, and that kind of thing. 
But one of the things that really struck him was that when he came over here was that in the locker room that there was a bag, a punching bag, and that some of the tough guys were actually hitting it. So he thought it was kind of interesting that, the, you know, in American hockey, that they put so much importance on fighting. And don't get me wrong, fighting does have its place in the National Hockey League, despite everything that you hear, that, you know, it's slowly getting worked its way out of the game. Sometimes they do it for a morale boost. Sometimes they drop the gloves uh, because, you know, maybe you perceive that another guy took advantage of one of your younger players. I still think it plays a vital role, but as far as Alex Ovechkin is concerned, that's not really his game. He says, I will fight if I have to. Don't get me wrong. I can take care of myself, but it's not really something that I'm into. And I think that when you're at his stage of his career, you're not, I mean, he's, he's going to be 38 here soon. He doesn't have to, you know, act like a young tough guy. That's just not his game. So in this piece, he was interviewed with rapper Basta. Um, and there was a transcription here published by sports.ru. He says, in general, I don't like to fight. Ovi said when asked his worst experience, dropping the gloves. If I have to, then of course, I can stand up for myself. And it's not like he's a frail old man that can't take care of himself. He is in shape. And I have no doubt that he, I mean, if we, if we want to really rewind time and we want to remember when Shvechnikov, a young guy in the league at the time who was Russian as well, wanted to be a tough guy, it was a knockout. He was face down into the ice. They had to call the medics out there. He was out cold. So he can take care of himself. He just pre prefers not to. He says, I have no doubt, Bost replied, sending Ovechkin into laughter. Um, and, and that's an interesting thing is, you know, some, like I say, sometimes you think just because guys are bigger that they want to fight. Uh, and then again, in this article, they were talking about Shvechnikov and how that was in 2019 and how he said, you want to go? And Ovechkin says, sure, let's go. And the rest is history. And if you guys have not seen the fight, take a look on YouTube or wherever you find your videos. It, it is quite convincing. It was like two or three punches. That was it. And uh, it just goes to show you, you know, you play with a bull, you get the horns, you step up to Ovechkin, uh, then that's what's going to happen. So what do we remember about the press? And you, what do we remember about Rod Brindamore? As he was talking about, that's unfair. He's a young guy in the league. And at the time, Alex Ovechkin was much, much bigger and older. Listen, this reminds me of the whole thing about Panarin. When Panarin jumped on Tom Wilson's back, let me just tell you something. You jump on someone's back or you step up to someone and say, you want to fight, you get what you get. Uh, whether that's good or that's bad, or whether you come up on top or on the bottom, you get what you get. And Shvechnikov stepped up to Alex Ovechkin and said, you want to go? And Alex Ovechkin's like, sure, let's go, young guy. Let's see, you want to make a name for yourself? Let's do it. Uh, he asked me to fight, and I said, let's go, Ovechkin said. I hope he's okay. You don't want to see a guy get hurt. And of course, uh, that's kind of said. I hope he didn't get hurt. But and I don't really believe that Alex Ovechkin hopes he got hurt. I don't get me wrong. But with that said, probably shouldn't have stepped up to me if you didn't want to get hurt. And it's interesting that Conor McGregor, former UFC championship, uh, commented on, he said, they can run, but they can't hide. And that's one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of guys that think they're tough guys until they step up to the big guy in the room. And maybe they're just... I don't know. I think in Shvechnikov's case, he was a young guy trying to make a name for himself and watch, you know, Alex Ovechkin's tough. I think I'm pretty tough too. He found out. And uh, again, that's what I can't over, you know, emphasize is you step up to someone like that, you get what you get. Taking a look at Ovechkin's other uh, three fights, Brandon Dubinsky in 2010, 
Paul Gostad in 2006 and Mike Richards in 2006. So not a lot of fights. He is definitely um, not like, you know, Tom Wilson in his younger days where he wanted to drop the fights all the time. He says any fight is always memorable. Um, so, uh, and of course they are. If you step up to someone, you know, it's going to be rememberable. And not every day someone walks up to you and said, do you want to fight? And just kind of what I was talking about off the top, he says, in general, hockey has changed now. They take more technical players, Ovechkin says. I'll tell you a story. When I first came to the NHL, then hockey was about fighting. We have lines, the first, second, and third, and fourth. On the fourth line, the tough guy must be confident. I come from Russia. I know that training, there are running in a gym and ice in America. I went to the locker room and there was a huge punching bag. Uh, that was a piece. That was a quote from Alex Ovechkin. So just talking about the cultural difference and the brand of play in the National Hockey League, how things are so much different. You know, you think to a certain extent, you know, taking a look at Russians, they seem like they're pretty tough guys. You think they would have a punching bag there, but that's not their game. I'm sure there is fighting in the KHL. I'm not well-versed on the KHL, but I imagine that there's some fighting. It's just, you know, the, the, the part and parcel of, you know, guys in a competitive sport. You know, at, at times you'll see fighting in baseball and football. You know, you were trying to win a game and uh, sometimes emotions boil over. And, and as a guy, sometimes you want to fight. I've been in fights in my life. I don't, they were back when I was in high school probably pretty dumb looking back on it but i think to a certain extent when you're a younger guy you feel like you need to prove yourself and the older you get that kind of goes away you don't really have that feeling so i think that's what alex ovechkin is about i think that when tom wilson first joined the team i think he thought let that young guy that young strong guy fight my fights you know i don't want to do that and you've seen that especially when Will, when wilson was on the top line with ovechkin and originally backstrom was on the top line you know, if anyone roughed up Ovechkin, Tom Wilson was like, nope, you're not doing that. Um, but what we're seeing is the maturation of Tom Wilson as well as he's going to be the future captain, um, that he's not fighting every fight. I think to a certain extent when he first came into the league, he was dropping the gloves and he's even maturing and, and getting a bit older. Like, I don't need to do this. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. But if you want to step up to this, you're going to find out. And uh, I think that, you know, it's part of young men out there that they feel like they need to kind of to prove that they're tough. Uh, and oftentimes you find out the wrong way that who's tough and who isn't. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about Vinny Iorio and how he helped the Hershey Bears win a Calder Cup. But he he made a small error. See, everyone had a day with the Calder Cup and he forgot to fill out a form. How does that happen? We'll talk about that coming up. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can bet bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And guys, listen, even if you don't have you know any dogs in the fight, if you if you will, on a game that's being played, if you have a little bit of money on it, it makes watching the game that much more exciting. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Check it out. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. Training camp is just around the corner, 
and I've got you covered. And also, if you want to talk hockey with me, if you want to have questions for the show that I'll read, join me on subtext and we can chat. I'll text back and forth with you on hockey just follow the link in the show description. All right, in this next segment here, we are talking about Vinny Iorio, a young blue liner who I think is going to be the future defenseman for the Capitals, the big team at some point. The difficult thing for Vinny is it is a crowded space right now. The blue line is rather crowded. And, you know, I think the Capitals are ultimately looking for that seventh defenseman, who is that going to be? Some people thought it was going to be Alex Alexiev, but I think that there is going to be players in camp like Vinny Iario that are going to want to battle for those spots. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Uh, but let the best man win. Don't have any personal feelings like I thought, you know, and I, I kind of fall into this category like, well, why did you sign this guy or that guy? I thought it was going to be this guy. Let the best man win. And that is what training camp is about. And that's going to be coming up here real soon. And just let the cards fall where they may. The best guy, the most qualified guy is who you want to have out there. Uh, and that's true when you've seen goalie competitions or if you're a fan of other sports, quarterback competitions. Let the best guy win. And uh, that'll give you the best chance to win. But an interesting story about Vinny Iorio is that everyone kind of like the Stanley Cup has their day with the cup and you can take it and, you know, have it with your family members, pose for pictures with it, whatever you want to do with it. But Vinny Iorio made a bit of a mistake. He forgot to fill out a form. How does that happen? Seems like a bit of a gaffe, a bit of a miscue. And he didn't seem too bummed out about it. He said that there were the veterans on the team that had played for the Bears for quite some time. And that ultimately he was just happy uh, that they got their time with it. He says, apparently there's a form we're supposed to fill out. Iario said with a laugh, I didn't know. So it seems like a kind of a silly mistake to make, but he doesn't seem to be uh, too bummed out about it. But uh, uh, just talking about, uh, you know, uh, definitely a guy that's going to have a spot on this team, a huge guy, six foot three, 205 pounds. Uh, so that's what I've talked about. And if you're an everyday, you know, is that I don't know necessarily what kind of team this team is going to be next season, but it's Vinny Iorio and it's all these young guys and all the draft picks uh, that I think that uh, everything is is going to be good in years to come. I never had the chance, but to see on social media all the other guys with it, it just makes me happy because they work so hard for so many years. And to see us all get the chance to have it and lift it, it's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a bummer that he didn't get his opportunity with it, but uh, he doesn't seem too upset about it. So I think that's the big thing. It just seems like, how does that happen? Taking a look at his contributions, though, he played 63 games for Hershey uh, and uh, had two goals and 20 assists and a plus-minus rating of 17. Um, and he was a force to be reckoned with in the, the in showcase to his skating uh, and his physicality. So he is not just a one-trick pony. He is not a guy that is just kind of, you know, a name that you've heard about for the longest period of time. I do perceive that he does have a spot on the Capitals, on the blue line at some point. Uh, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be one of those games like Lucas Johansson that we've heard about for so many years that it just never seems to happen. Is it ever going to be Lucas Johansson's turn? So there are a lot of guys. Those are the players that are kind of in flux for me is Lucas Johansson, Alex Alexiev, and Vinny Iario. Um, I, there is not a lot of you know open positions, like I said, on the blue line if we take a look at who's on the blue line. So I think best case scenario, 
they're playing for that seventh spot. So um, not, you know, the best case scenario for a younger guy. Um, and I think that ultimately at the end of the day, just like with Connor McMichael, I say the same thing about Vinny Iorio. I think that you would be best served playing down in Hershey if you're going to get regular playing time, other than getting being that seventh defenseman, which is going to see very little time unless there's an injury. Uh, if you want to take a look back on Irwin, you know, Irwin had a little bit more playing time last year because of myriad of injuries. So potentially, you could get more playing time. But if there's no major injuries, you're not going to get a lot of playing time. And I think that for a young guy, you would be best served to play down in Hershey. Same thing goes for Alexiev. Same thing goes for Iorio or Lucas Johansson. I, I know they do need that seventh defenseman. I guess in an ideal situation, you would kind of cycle them through. Like you get, you know, a month or two months as a seventh defenseman and then cycle them, get them down to Hershey and get the next guy just to keep them fresh. Because not everyone's like Irwin. Irwin was a unique player in the regard that you could put him into the deep freeze and then, you know, thaw him out a month or two later and it was flawless. Like he never left. That's that's a, a, an exception, not the rule when it comes to that. So it is a tough spot for Vinny and a lot of those younger guys uh, that are looking for jobs. So if you take a look at it, uh, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to fight for it in camp. And camp is just around the corner, but it is exciting. Uh, this young batch of players that is headed uh, for the big team. He said, first year, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's pretty rigor rigorous, Iorio pointed out, adding just keeping like mentally strong and just keeping the mentals up to par is the biggest thing for me. You got to be mentally sharp to play hockey. You can't kind of glaze over and, and kind of forget what you're doing out there. And I think that in his brief sample size with the Capitals last season, I think he played rather well, all things considered. But you know, uh, again, it's a crowded space and who are where, you know, who's going to come out of that lineup so you fit in. I think that if you're one of those guys that's kind of on the fringe, you know, the seventh defenseman in a kind of in a subconscious way, you hope that there's an injury or you hope that there's a poor play uh, at, at your position that you want to get into. Otherwise, you're just not going to get that time on the big team. But uh, at the end of the day, I am pulling for Vinny Iorio, Alexiev, Lucas Johansson, all these young guys I followed uh, many of them, some of them for quite a few years, and I'm hoping that they finally get their opportunity on the big team. Uh, as we know, there's not going to be any big changes, but change is going to be coming within the next few years, and it's going to be this young batch of players, and that is what I'm most excited about. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about Rasmus Sandin. Uh, if we remember, he was the player they picked up at the trade deadline. I think he is going to be a key piece on the Caps blue line, and I'm not the only one. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about Rasmus Sandin, as we know we got him from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and what he means for this team. Uh, it was one of the players at the trade deadline Kind of came towards the end, and I think it was one of the things that, you know, uh, Gustafson, um, and, you know, we know that he wasn't going to be coming back, so Gustafson went up to Toronto, um, and we know that we lost Hathaway, and we know we, that we lost Orloff, so we were looking to make changes, and part of that change was coming on the blue line, because we know it was minus Gustafson and Orloff, so we needed not just, you know, um, an AHL, or not to say that disparagingly, but we needed someone that was, you know, a competent blue liner. And they got him, in my estimation, by Rasmus Sandin. He figures to be a top four defenseman. So he is not just this player that is just going to be, 
you know, playing small minutes. He is going to be a premier defenseman. And uh, I think that, you know, once Carlson hangs up the skates at some point, he will be revered as the number one blue liner in the Capitals organization. Uh, He is entering into the final year of his contract. So, it would be best served, of course, if he if there there can be a new deal done, and I'm sure that Brian McClellan is diligently trying to get that done. Uh, he is projected to be the number one defenseman. Like I said, Sandine finished the season with 35 points, seven goals, 28 assists, and 15 points, three goals, 12 assists with DC. Uh, considering that the Caps were missing big name uh, defensemen at the time, John Carlson. Uh, who you know is the Caps' number one defenseman? Make no mistake about it. So it was players like Gustafson. It was like a lot of those other guys that really had to step up and fill those voids. And, you know, one of the good things and one of the, just to kind of calm your mind is if you have that depth on your team, it's not as big of a deal if a big name goes out. I think that for a while, the Capitals were kind of, you know, a flailing a little bit when, when John Carlson left. And at the time it was a good thing that they had someone like Gustafson in house that ate up a lot of the minutes because, uh, when you're missing a number one guy like that, that can be very difficult. So I think that the Capitals, all things considered, faced a myriad of injuries, but I think that the blue line kind of filled in and there wasn't any great disparities, even in the minus of some bigger name players. But I do know that Rasmus Sandin is that premier defenseman in the future. Uh, and it's going to be next season. And, you know, we know that he faced that injury in the off season in that playoff game or a world game. Um, but it seems like everything is good for him right now. So that is encouraging. It was a little bit scary. I'm like, are you serious? This guy that we just got is injured. Uh, so Sandine on Carberry, I think he's going to do great things for us and going to be a real good uh, addition to the team. I'm looking forward to working with him. He's really good at separating out the ice and walking in the morning. He's just a normal guy. Sandine said on the 32 Thoughts podcast, uh, of course, we know they have a history as both players came from Toronto. Um, and what are some of the things we know about Spencer Carberry ran the number two power play in all of the NHL? So it is going to be interesting to see how he gets this team dialed in. But Erasmus Sandine figures to be on the blue line for the future in the and the long-term future. I'm going to say he is a younger man. So I think he is going to be the face on the caps uh, blue line for quite some time. An exciting thing to think about, because like I talked about, and if you're an everyday, you know, this and kind of going back months when we were talking about at the time that there were next to no players on the blue line that was under contract at the time. It was only John Carlson under contract uh, past the previous year. So a lot of things have, uh, have changed. Well, you know, players have got new deals, Martin Farivari, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, uh, Jensen. So I, I, for the most part, I think that most of the positions on the blue line are pretty much locked down. Um, I don't think that there's, you know, going to be any, you know, guys that are going to, you know, uh, take anyone out of the equation. And Rasmus Sandin in particular is going to be leading the charge with John Carlson as the, as the shutdown guys that, you know, you're not getting by us. Um, so it is a good position. It's going to be interesting to see what this Capitals team looks like. I'm interested to see how things shake out in camp. That is for sure. As there are some new faces, there are some new coaches and to see ultimately what they bring uh, to this team. As we know, this is not going to be Peter Laviolette's team anymore. This is going to be a team with aggression. This is going to be a team that is aggressive and is going to get results. And I think that the biggest thing with Carberry is that he is going to hold the team responsible. And it's good that there is a rapport. There is a history between Sandine 
and Spencer Carberry. So I think that uh, the arrow is pointing up for this team. And again, I'm just, I'm excited. I can't wait for this next season. Uh, training camp is just around the corner. And again, I, there's a lot of guys that have things to prove. Uh, we talked about Vinny Iorio in the previous segment. He's got things to prove. And it's going to be with the leadership of guys like John Carlson, who's been in the league for a long time. Rasmus Sandin, who hasn't been in the league as long, but still one heck of a player, a dynamic defenseman, make no mistake about it. Uh, those are going to be the young guys that are going to be leading the charge, the leaders on this team. And uh, I'm not going to write the Capitals off yet. I know that uh, it's easy thing to do because you hear, you know, a lot of the premier insiders are, oh, they're old. They're not going to do anything. Did you see what Pittsburgh did? Did you see what Carolina did? And uh, okay, we'll, we'll just let that all play out on the ice. There are still some guys on this team that have a fire in their belly and they want to win games. And as Caps fans, you should be pumped up uh, for this next season. I know that I am. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. Nationals baseball is still going on, and we have Locked On Nationals, and Commanders football is coming. We have Locked On Commanders and Locked On Wizards, as the NBA season isn't coming far behind. So it is an exciting time of year uh, to follow these DC sports, and it is an exciting time to listen to the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, my name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.